And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest today is Allie, who is a former science teacher who recently had a quantum healing hypnosis technique session. And today we'll learn about her experience and about QHHT. Allie, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Well, can you first tell us what is QHHT? Sure. So QHHT stands for Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique, and it is a technique that was um, put together by Dolores Cannon. So Dolores Cannon is somebody who started out doing just regular hypnosis where she was putting people under to help them with everyday problems that they had. And then as she was doing these hypnosis sessions, she kept getting into these deeper places with her clients and realized that there was a whole untapped world that she was tapping into. And then that's how the QHHT sessions came. And that's where the past life regression therapy came in as well. I wish that she was still living because I'd really love to get her on the show because with one of my guests informed me that she came up with the idea of these, of people being background people, like people that are here on the planet that are like players in a video game that are kind of soulless people. So I wonder if she figured that yeah, out Dolores. hypnosis. So yes, Dolores Cannon did talk about the background people. She also does talk about the 144,000, which is referring to the amount of light workers that are going to be present on the earth to bring forth the great awakening or the ascension process. Dolores Cannon also talks about something called walk-ins, which is something that a previous past guest of yours, Sam the Illusionist, talk talked about as well. And that is a process where, and I don't know it too much in 100% detail, but what I do understand about it is that either another part of your soul that was fractalized somewhere else comes back in and joins with you, or it's a totally different soul, a totally separate different soul that comes in to share the experience with you. And again, I don't know too much about that. So don't, you know, I'm not the expert, but that's just my personal understanding of it. Okay. If you don't mind sharing with us, what prompted you to get this session in the first place? What prompted me to get the session in the first place is basic curiosity. Um, I had found Dolores Cannon through my spiritual awakening process, which started back in 2015 when I decided to go vegan. And that go, my decision to go vegan made me just dive deep into a lot of the things that I just blindly accepted in my life. And once I dove deep into the food part of it, I then dove deep into everything else. And I found Dolores Cannon and I heard about her work with the QHHT sessions. And I just figured that there has to be some kind of healing that can come to me from it. So I wanted to participate and see what I can benefit from it myself. How did you change spiritually once you became a vegan? Oh my gosh, Jeff, I didn't expect that question. Wow. You're going to make me cry. Um, okay. So Basically, man, this is going to be hard to summarize. Okay, so I changed spiritually once I went vegan because I opened my eyes to everything. You know, what you see on TV and the commercials that are there and the slogans that they have and the logos that they use, they make it seem like everything is nice and happy and that the animals live good lives and that they have all these, you know, years to live but that's not the case at all. The decision to become a vegan allowed me to 
have my morals and my actions aligned. Whereas before I was living off balance, I was saying, you know, I love animals so much. I, I want them to live long, happy lives. And, you know, they're the best, they're the greatest. But then on the other hand, I was supporting their enslavement and their deaths and it didn't match. But by making the decision to go vegan and by not by not financially supporting those systems anymore, now my actions and my morals are aligned. So I feel so much better. I just feel cleaner, purer, like I'm like I'm not collecting bad karma. So once uncovered the truths of the food industry, that allowed me to then uncover the truths of all of the other major industries in our world such as um, big pharma, such as education, such as government, such as the policing system, such as authority in general. And going vegan just basically allowed me to open my eyes to all of it. And once you see and hear and know the truth, Jeff, you can't unsee it. You know what I mean? So once I looked underneath all of those rocks and saw all those dirty places that the truth was hiding in, oof, I couldn't turn back. I just couldn't. You mentioned about the education system. And since you were a former yeah. science teacher, what are the truths that are hidden in the education system? Basically, the education system all directs people in one direction. You know what I mean? They're all being taught the same thing. They're all being taught how to think. They're all being taught, you know, the logistics of their job, which is what school is for. But the education system is also framing people's brains into thinking in a certain way. For example, doctors that go through med school, right? Doctors that go through med school, they learn anatomy, they learn chemistry, they learn um, medicines, they learn how those medicines affect the bodies. But unless you're in like the Eastern schools or you're studying something such as Ayurveda, you're leaving out the whole energy aspect of that patient. And this is including animals because veterinary medicine can benefit from this type of discussion as well. Um, you're leaving out the whole energetic body of that person. So if you don't know how to treat the patient as a whole, you're not really treating the patient. So back to the education aspect of it, you know, we all go to school, we come out with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of student debt, and then we have to go to work to pay off those student loans. And it's just basically like a system that keeps you trapped in it because where is the out when you have three years worth of salary that you have to pay back as soon as you get out of school? It's my understanding that in your sessions was covering your past lives. What did Correct. you see in your past lives? So the session starts with the practitioner interviewing, interviewing me. So basically we spoke for a good, I would say about maybe like three or four hours, Jeff, before we even got into the session itself. And I don't know if that was because we were just two girls having a good time and we were talking and laughing and we were just having really good conversation, or if that's just a, a normal part of the process. But I find that it's important, and I believe she did do it on purpose for the reason of getting to know me, you know, just so that she knew what my intentions were going in, what, uh, 
you know, what issues I may have, what I may want to get out of it, what I wanted to work on. And also I had a list of questions that I had written down in advance so that she can um, ask me them while I was under hypnosis as well. So we discussed those beforehand too. Once you told her your intentions, did she tell you anything like, well, you may have unrealistic expectations, don't expect to be healed or whatever from this or anything like that? Um, I don't think she said anything along those lines. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. You said you interviewed for three hours and then I don't know how yes. long the session went. So it sounded like you were there for maybe four or five hours or longer. Um, let's see. I got to her house at 830 in the morning and I didn't leave her house until 330 in the afternoon. Wow. Four o'clock, like something hours. like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. We talked that's for a, a really, day. really long time beforehand. And then I was under for, I would say, maybe like an hour and a half because I actually had an issue while I was in the session. Mm -hmm. um, I actually came out of hypnosis and then she had to put me back under again. So we had to kind of start over during like maybe a third of the way through. Right. If you don't mind sharing with us, I'm just curious, how much does a session cost? Ooh, so normally, normally, if you get somebody that is fully certified, you know, they're the highest level practitioner you can get, it could cost like $500. Mm. Wow. But luckily, luckily, I uh, got it for free. Um, wow. when I con when I went on the, so the way you find a practitioner is you go to the QHHT Dolores Cannon official website. And what I did was I went in and I put in my zip code and I searched for a practitioner in my area. And then I emailed her and, um, I was like, Hey, you know, my name is Allie. I'm looking for a session. Um, I don't know what your prices are, but I, you know, I would be interested to find out what your information is. So then she emailed me back and I don't know if this is TMI for her or not, but, um, she let me know that she had to do three more sessions before she could graduate to the next level. So mm -hmm. she was willing to do it for me for free. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like a student session. Awesome. Yeah. I ended up tipping her pretty well at the end, just because like, I knew that it normally costs about $500 and we spent seven hours together, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out how much I wanted to tip her. So I settled on $111 just because it's an angel number. <laughs> yeah, That's nice. And yeah. maybe that's why she took so long too, because she's has less experience. Like if you had, you know, if you were with Dolores, you know, she may have just questioned you for an hour and then got right into it. Yeah, definitely true. You said that they take you through three past lives. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us the three past lives that you visited? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to go through one at a time and allow you to ask me questions just so that they don't blend together. Mm -hmm. So the first, well, I guess I should set up the background of what was the environment like first. And I shared this on the live stream, but you know, that was only like a five minute thing. So I'll share it again now in case anybody who missed that. So basically um, it was just her and I in the house and it was total silence like there was no background noise going on there was no tv on in another room there was no radio playing there was no dog shaking or scratching itself so it was just total silence in the house except me and her talking and when i first got there you know like i said it was early in the morning so i had just drank a smoothie for breakfast and the reason why i'm mentioning all of this is because when she went to put me under i had to lay down on the couch and then she started trying to take me down into the hypnosis session. 
but my stomach, and this is embarrassing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, I don't care. My stomach started making all of these crazy noises. You know, when you're digesting something, it starts making like squirty, juicy, whatever noises. So probably TMI, but because the house was so silent and it was just me laying on the couch and her sitting in a chair right next to the couch, like two feet away from me, not even her and I talking and all these stomach noises, it was really hard for me to go deep into the hypnosis because the noises of my body was embarrassing. I could feel them and it kept bringing me back down to my body. You know, I'm trying to mentally go up and escape, but my stomach noises and are bringing me back down. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I need to mention that because it was hard for me to get deep into it the first time. So the first life or the first life that she took me into, um, you know, they start off by having us float out up into a cloud and, you know, we just kind of chill out and that's where we relax mentally. And then eventually they'll say, okay, now the float is, or now the cloud is floating back down and you're beginning to see things. And, you know, they don't tell you what you see, but they just kind of like let you know, okay, we're at the next stage of this now. So um, I don't think I was very deep in the first life. I really don't because it was when she was asking me, what do you see? I wasn't seeing anything. I was seeing pure blackness. Um, and I remember saying it's really cold. I remember that my body was physically shaking, like my legs were shaking, like I used to do when I lived in New York and I was freezing. Um, so I don't, I think I was literally feeling it. And she was asking me, what did I see? And the only thing that I could see besides pure blackness around me was when I looked down at myself, I saw like, like plasma coming off of me. If you Google a picture of like sun, corona ejections or sun coronal ejection sunspots something like that you'll see what i'm talking about because when i looked down it looked like just plasma it just looked like this silvery glimmery purple almost plasma and it was just like moving and dancing around so i thought i was just some kind of planet or maybe just before a planet maybe just some kind of gas or just a plasma something. I don't know. Um, because I was really cold and she asked me, well, where are you? What do you see? What's around you? And I was like, there's nothing around me. This is the beginning. She's like, what do you mean the beginning? I'm like, creation hasn't happened yet. Like I just got the feeling that this was before. Mm. And then what happened? So then after that, um, she started to take me into another life and the, and I'm so glad that I listened to the session last night before I came on this interview with you because I had totally forgotten about this. Um, I was sitting down at a table. It looked like a really long wooden table. And all I saw were these like plates and goblets lined up. And there was like candles on the table. And it reminded me of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. you, you know, the show, HBO right. show Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. That's what it reminded me of. So as, soon, so as soon as she started asking me about that, that's when I popped out of the session. I like opened my eyes wide and I looked around and I was like, oh crap, what just happened? And then she had to take me back under again. So we had to kind of start over at that point. So maybe like you were in medieval times or something? That's what it felt like. That's what it looked like. Yes. When you got back in, did you see anything else? So when I got back in, um, I would say that the Second lifetime, the one that I'm about to describe to you now, is probably the most emotional and the most intense. 
So I'm, I'm like excited and nervous to share this with you. So the second lifetime, um, the first thing she's asking me is, you know, look around you and what do you see? And the first thing that I told her that I saw was really tall grass. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, well, I feel like I'm in a field. And it's funny that I have grass behind me as the background. So I feel like I'm in a field, but it wasn't green grass, it was yellow. And I was looking at it and I'm like, this is wheat. This is a wheat field. So on my left-hand side, I saw a big wheat field and the wheat was tall. It was like up to my chest. And then she asked me, okay, well, what do you look like? And I'm like, I don't know, let me try to figure it out, right? So I look down and I'm looking at my feet and my legs and I'm like, oh my gosh. She goes, what? I'm like, I'm a dude. She's like, what do you mean you're a dude? How do you know? I'm like, I got these hairy legs. Like, this is not a woman's body. Like, this is a man's body. I got these, I got these hairy legs and my feet are in sandals. And I, I said to her that I was wearing ropes. And she's like, what do you mean you're wearing ropes? And I was like, well, I had, I had on this white, like toga kind of thing. Like toga is probably an exaggeration, but it was just, it felt like maybe I don't want to put a year on it. I'm not going to do that. But it was just this very simple white, white clothing. And around my waist was a rope tied. I guess it was just to keep this cloth that was very simply put together on my body. So I saw the white cloth. I saw my hairy man legs and I saw my feet in sandals. All right. Then what did you see next? So then from there, she's like, okay, look around. What else do you see? And from there, I started asking her, oh no, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I looked over to my right. And remember when I looked over to my left, that's where the wheat field was. So now I look over to my right and I see a white house and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's my house. And it's a white house. And it has a slanted back, a uh, black roof that's coming down to the end. And uh, there was a, a wooden fence around it. And it looked like a corral. And inside of that corral was two horses. And um, the house, I referred to the house as a homestead. Now, Jeff, I come from New York City. I come from Queens. I'm a city girl. We don't use the word homestead. You know what I'm saying? And I live in Florida now. I'm in the country now. Not even in the country did they use that word homestead, but that's what I referred to it as. So I'm looking at the white house with the black roof and the wooden fence around the property and the two horses. And she's like, wow, okay, okay. And then I ask her a question, which is weird because normally the practitioner is the one asking the one under hypnosis questions. But then I posed a question. I was like, well, where's my wife? She's like, you have a wife? I'm like, yeah, where is she? She's like, I don't know. Why don't you go find her? I'm like, okay, let me go find her. So I start walking on this property and I walk into this white house and oh my gosh, I, get, I, I feel like I'm looking, I'm gonna cry. I feel like I'm looking at her right now. Like when I walked into the house, I got really emotional and I was like, oh my gosh, there she is. And I started crying because she was just so beautiful. And she's like, well, tell me, what does she look like? And I was like, she's she's tall and skinny and she has black curly hair and her name is Rosalina. And she was at, um, I don't know if she was at like a, a cooktop or a counter, but to me, it felt like she was like in a kitchen, like making something to eat. 
All right. So did you interact with Rosalina? I don't remember necessarily interacting with her. Um, I just remember getting really emotional and crying because of how beautiful she was. And I think the next thing that happened was the practitioner asked me, um, do you have any kids? And I was like, yeah, I do. I have two boys. And for me, that was really weird because in this lifetime, I'm 38 years old and I don't have human kids. I have fur babies. I have pets. So when I said in that lifetime, I was like, yeah, I have two boys. That kind of like, you know, freaked me out a little bit. And she was like, okay, well, where are they? And I was like, oh, they're in the tree. And then she's like, where's the tree? And um, the tree was over by the wheat field. So I walk over to the tree and Jeff, it's like the most gorgeous tree you could ever picture. It's tall. It has all these beautiful branches on it. If you're a kid, it's like the perfect tree to climb. It has the bumps you could put your feet on. It has the branches you can grab. You know, they were so, so when I walked over to this tree, I saw my two boys in up in the branches of the tree, just playing. And, um, oh, I forgot to tell you that my name, my, in this life, my name was Alfred or Alfredo. I, I was like a nickname maybe. And then when I walked over to the tree, that's when I remembered that my boys' names was Ernesto and Richard. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And another thing that I forgot to mention earlier is that um, I had realized that the wheat field was my way of making money in that lifetime. And that the horses that I had, I used to cart the wheat that I cut to town. Did you see anything else? Yes. So she goes, okay, fast forward to a really significant point in this lifetime. And I got quiet and all of a sudden I went, oh my God. She's like, what? I'm like, he just killed me. He just stabbed me. She's like, what are you talking about? Who? I'm like, the sky. And like, I saw, I saw this big fat man with a big beard and he was wearing like these something similar to what I was wearing, but it was bigger because he was bigger and he had on these like blue robes. And apparently he was like mad. This is so funny. It was a wheat deal gone wrong, mm -hmm. Jeff. <laughs> How funny is that? It was a wheat deal gone wrong. And this guy came to my homestead property and apparently he stabbed me in the chest in front of my kids because she's like, well, where are you? What's going on? Are you alone? Are you by yourself? Is there people trying to save you? What's going on? And I was like, and, and I know I was crying. I was emotional. And I was like, no, nobody's here. And I remember just looking up as I was dying at my two boys in the tree. Like, I guess this guy came to my homestead property and killed me and stabbed me in the heart in front of my kids. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wild? What's interesting is that you had such an emotional response to this. Yes, Jeff, I was crying. I cried when I saw my wife and it wasn't because I was sad. I was taken back by her beauty. And then the next time I cried, it's because this guy just stabbed me in the heart and I was dying. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you were making this up or do you feel like you were really re-experiencing this life? Good question. So during the first one that I talked about where I was like the plasma ball of energy or whatever, 
during that one, I did feel like I was making it up because like I wasn't super deep into the hypnosis. So my ego or my conscious mind was still very, very present again because of the stomach noises. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was like I couldn't get under. Right. And and then and then I thought I did, but then I woke back up and she had to get me out of it again or she had to get me back into it again. So during that lifetime, I was still very present. During the second lifetime that I just explained to you, I was totally there. I was emotionally there. I was seeing it, I was feeling it. I I was hearing, you know what I mean? Like it was it was very surreal, very mm. surreal. That's amazing. Do you feel like you've changed after re-experiencing that? And if so, how did you change? I do feel like I've changed because the lesson that I was supposed to learn from that lifetime was overcoming heartbreak. Mm. So I've experienced heartbreak a few different times in this lifetime as me, as Allie now, um, in, in various different forms. And it's, I'm... I walk around as a very wounded person because of those traumas. So, excuse me. Um, repeat your question. Do you feel like you've changed due to re-experiencing that life? So yes, because, because once I feel like I identified that the theme that I was supposed to learn and overcome from that lifetime was heartbreak, it helped me to make peace with the different experiences that I've had now. And in this lifetime, I also have a lot of mental baggage or mental guilt around not having any kids. So to learn that I had two kids in that lifetime was reassuring for me because I may not have them now, but that doesn't mean that I've never had them before. Right, right. Makes so sense. yes, it did. And just to throw this out there, you're only 38, so you still can. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Although people like say that, you know, once you're once you're over 30, you're like basically done for. But I feel like with the newest, you know, technologies and things like that out now, women are having kids into their 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what happened with your third one? Okay. So the third one was a whole different experience. So... The third one, uh, I'll just start with, you know, the first thing that I remembered. So I was standing on a surface, you know, like outside, and I look up and I see a purple sky. And um, I look, I'm looking around and all around, like in a, in a U around me, I see pink mountains. And these mountains are not made of rock, but they're made of crystal. And they're made of pink crystal and pink crystal points. Have you ever seen a, a quartz crystal before where it's, it's the point of the crystal? Yes. Okay. So all, and uh, this must have been a different, oh no, I know for a fact it was a different planet because I identified the name. Um, on this planet, all I saw were these pink quartz crystal mountains all around and a purple sky. Hmm. Wow. And then um, she asked me, uh, you know, what do you what do you look like? And I said that uh, I had on a suit. I identified that because, uh, you know, I looked down and I identified that I had on a suit and I felt I didn't I, I was in a humanoid body, 
but I didn't feel human. Like when I looked at my body, it wasn't human legs. I had two legs and two arms and a torso and a head, but I was not a human. Mm -hmm. So I saw two real skinny little legs and, um, I only had three fingers like these, you know, it was only, it was only these three digits. Um, and she asked me if I had hair and I said, did I say yes or no? I don't remember if I said yes or no, but I said something, something under the helmet. So apparently I was in some kind of spacesuit. Hmm. apparently. And, um, she's like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing there? What, what is this lifetime about? What, what's going on? And I was like, um, we are here directing energies. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, we harness energies to turn them into frequencies, healing frequencies for other planets. And then the next thing you know, I'm inside one of these pink crystal caves. And it was so beautiful in there, man. It was like, it was dark, but it was like, you could still see all the, all the sparkles off all the different faces of the crystals. And um, at this point, there was a bunch of us and we were all sitting in a circle. And when I was looking around at them, they didn't really look different from me. I don't know if it was because we were in suits or what, but at this point, I don't remember there being a helmet. I don't, I don't recall facial features, but in other words, like they, we all looked the same, like we weren't different from each other. So whatever race we were, we were all identical looking. And I, again, I don't know if that's because I'm a human looking at it, but whatever. Anyways, so we were all sitting in a circle and we all had our little three fingered hands up and we had energy coming out of the palms of our hands and they were all being directed towards another crystal in the center of the circle. So picture like, you know, six or eight beings sitting around in a circle, all with their hands up, energy coming out of their palms, going into a crystal in the center of the circle. And then from there, that energy is being like the crystal is being infused with the energy. In other words, that's what we were doing. That was our job. And that's when she was like, well, what, what, what's the point of all this? What is all of this for? And apparently we were Pleiadians that was harnessing energy, healing frequencies, and we were directing it towards earth to um, assist in the ascension. Hmm. Did you have any emotional responses with this one like you did with the last one? That's an interesting question because I had a totally different response, Jeff. In this lifetime, I took on a whole different energy. And this was confirmed by the practitioner afterwards. She told me that my whole energy changed the way I started speaking changed. I started speaking in like, uh, like a third person perspective. And I was referring to earth and humans as if I was not a human or from earth myself. Right. Um, and in that, in that lifetime is when my, like I said, my whole energy changed, my whole demeanor changed. And that's when she decided to ask me the list of questions that I had written down in advance beforehand, because she said that she felt like that is when we were tapping into the collective consciousness. So that's when she asked me my series of questions and went through my intentions of the session. Mm -hmm. 
So were your intentions met? Yeah. So, I mean, like I had a list of questions, like um, one of the questions was, um, how many lifetimes have you lived on earth? And the response that we got was the number is insignificant. Hmm. Um, I asked how many of those lifetimes were on earth, how many of them were not on earth. And they said, uh, the answer was many that I've had life all I've had different lives on different planets or not just earth. Um, I asked if there were any, um, any energetic cords that needed to be cut because, or like, you know, if there was like any bad juju or if there was anything going on that like, in other words, if there was anything going on that was no longer serving me, if that could be ended. And the reply was it is done. Um, what else? What other questions did I ask? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any questions about any of the things I'm saying so far? Do you think anything in that experience has changed you now? The most interesting part I find about that third lifetime is that it didn't feel like it was in the past, Jeff. That's the weird part. Like, And this is something that I'm trying to wrap my brain around. Apparently, time is not linear. Mm-hmm. It's more vertical or circular. So where, and I don't understand this yet. This is a new concept that I'm trying to wrap my brain around that there's no past, present, future. It's all happening in the now. It's all, you know, like the only, the only thing that we have is the present moment. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that lifetime didn't feel like it was in the past. It felt like it was kind of happening right now. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like it was parallel or, congruent maybe you know like happening at this moment it didn't feel like it was something like the second lifetime when i was um when i was Al- alfredo uh that felt like 1800s 1600s i don't know I, i'm terrible with trying to put dates on things but the pleiadian life did not feel past it felt like now have you googled Pleiadians and seen if you could see any pictures to see if anybody's drawn or shown what you think you might have looked like? There are some YouTube videos that I watched that have intros that show the different races of alien beings that are that are identified or known. And yeah, I think I think it's the Andromedans. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing something about Pleiadians. And I also remember identifying the name of the planet as Rumbitu or Rabitu or I, I'd have to go back and listen to it again to remember exactly how I pronounced it. But I identified the planet as Rabitu, something like that. Have you tried Googling medieval houses and trying to see if you could find a house similar to what you saw? No, I haven't. But that's really interesting because there's a show on the LMN channel on YouTube to where there's, they do past life regressions and they take people through their past lives. And then this person, the guy that does it takes it a step further because he then researches those lives. And Jeff, he comes back with pictures. He comes back with birth certificates, marriage certificates, death certificates. You know, when they go into the County and sign, sign their name for whatever, like he goes back and actually finds proof that these people existed. And then he goes and shows it to that person and asks them, 
do you feel like this was really a life that you lived or not? And the three episodes that are available now, all three have said yes. Well, let me pose that question to you. Do you feel like these two lives you really lived? The first one I have trouble relating to, honestly, the first one, I'm not really sure the, the plasma thing. I don't, I don't, I don't have a real deep connection with that one, but Ernesto. Yeah, man. And the alien that's happening now because the planet is going through the great awakening and the ascension right now We're we're feeling those energies as we speak. Mm. Mm. Yes. After your session, do you, does she tell you, okay, that's all we got from those lifetimes and you move on or do they ever go back to those lifetimes? So normally you don't just do one session. Normally you do like a few sessions and uh, I don't know if they go back to try to revisit the life that you identified previously or if they try to maybe discover new ones. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I've oh, Me personally, I've only had one session. If you would have paid 500, would you have thought it's worth it? That's hard for me because I came, I don't come from money and we grew up, I don't want to say poor, but paycheck to paycheck. So for me, 500 bucks is a lot of money. And just because I'm such a cheapskate, I'd have to say no. Um, But if I had it like that, absolutely. It was worth what I tipped her. You know what I mean? Like I I felt like I didn't want to give her like a $25 or $30 or even a $75 tip. I felt like that would have been more of an insult than a thank you. Mm -hmm. So I did what I could by tipping her, but I don't have money like that. So I can't answer, you know, for me, the answer is no, just because $500 is a lot of money. Right. That's okay. That's a fair answer. And, um, and I'm just curious about that. And, you know, I again, hope I'm not insulting her by saying that either. Uh, well, we didn't say her name, so true. And most likely, she's probably not going to watch this. Oh, and I also hope that that doesn't like take any validity out of my experience. It's just five hundred bucks mm-hmm. is a lot of money, so right. And and I was going to add that you know she is still a student, so maybe if she had been you know if she's a pro and been doing it for ten years, maybe. She could have gotten right. you deeper or she could have guided you through the experience in a different way. Right, 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 right. right. Maybe even that price is the price of a pro versus a, someone that's just yeah. starting out. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I think the $500 per session is for somebody who's at like the highest level of mm-hmm. certification that you can go. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on doing it again? Yeah, we were supposed to work together again. She, um, Oh, that's a good point that you bring up because at the end of the session, the, the practitioner asks, um, okay, so now that you are in this blissful, beautiful state of mind, let's come up with a phrase that we can use for the next time that we work together to bring you into the state of mind faster. Mm-hmm. So my phrase, or I find it funny because it's kind of similar to like a safe word, if you know what that means, um, was cosmic aura. So mm-hmm. I came up with that phrase in, in, in the intention of using it the next time to get me into that state deeper, faster. All right. Well, let me switch gears on you. After watching this podcast, many people may want to reach out to you and talk to you about your experience. Mm-hmm. Are you open to that? And if so, how can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, I'm open to that. I would feel like the best way for people to get in touch with me would be through your Discord community because that's where I live all these days. Um, and I also have a personal email address that um, I'll give you afterwards so that you could leave it uh, in the description. All right. And for those of you that don't know, it's an online community. You go to discord.com and then you can join the community there. And it's all free, by the way. Yeah, it's all free. And if you enjoy Jeff's show, if you enjoy the comment section, if you enjoy the Saturday night shows with the live chat section, then you'll definitely love Discord. You got to come join us. That's where we all talk all day long. We have, we've been having nightly Zoom sessions where we basically do what Jeff does on Saturday nights, but we just do it amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're just all getting so close to each other and we're all supporting each other and showing each other love. And it's just such a great place because, you know, with the quarantining going on and everybody being in lockdown, everybody's so disconnected from each other, Jeff. And the most important thing that we need to do right now is to just love each other up the most. The, the most that we can. Mm -hmm. So come and join us on Discord so that we can mush you up and so that we could share all the great things that we share and so that you could feel supported and so that you could be amongst like-minded people. Yeah, that's great. Do you have anything that you're working on that you want us to know about besides Not Discord? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm working on my own spiritual journey. And um, if I can give anybody advice, it would be to do that yourselves. You know, look within don't look outside. One of the things that I've had the hardest lesson learning is that happiness comes from within. When you look for happiness from the outside in, you're disconnected because you're subjected or subjective to all of those outside events. But when you learn to find happiness from the inside out, you can make peace with any situation. There can be total chaos going on around you. There could be happiness going on around you. There could be somebody in your face cursing you out. There could be somebody in your face telling you that they're in love with you. And the best part is, is that you still remain true to who you are and you don't allow your emotions to control the situation and to take your actions somewhere that you don't want them to go. Well, thank you for that message. And You're very Ali, welcome. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for being oh, so pleasure, open Jeff. with us. It was us. a pleasure. I really appreciate you. And have Absolutely. a great rest of your day. And have a great rest of your day. You too, Jeff and Mara and Mika and family and the rest of the community as well. Many blessings to everybody. Loka Samhasta Sukinova Bantu, which means may all beings everywhere be happy and free. And may the thoughts, words, and actions of my own life contribute in some way towards that happiness and freedom for all. All right. Thanks. Very and welcome. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.